Hi, this is Brian Stevens from Spy Point, and I'm excited to have Josh Pretzer from Building Whitetail Series on the podcast today. Josh lives in Kansas on his family's farm, where his whole focus is on farming, conservation, and wildlife management. Welcome to the Spy Point Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stevens, and on this show, we get to talk about hunting, tactics, technology, and the inside scoop from industry pros. Follow along each month as we learn, laugh, and grow together with the passion we all have for the outdoors. This is the Spy Point Podcast. Hey, Josh, how you doing today? How are you doing? Good, good, my friend. Uh, how's the weather in Kansas? I know you uh, probably feeding some cows this morning and... Uh, being a little chilly yeah you know we're on a warming trend finally oh, we've uh, we, yeah we've had kind of a kind of a more mild winter uh temperature wise but it's we haven't had a dry day and i don't remember the last time we had a dry day so the uh the weather of 2019 is really rolling into 2020 hard and uh yeah it's it's been a mess <laughs> <laughs> makes it a little hard to uh farm and uh and then the other passion that you have that I'm really excited to talk about today is really your focus um on wildlife management and so right. what I'd love to do is just give everybody a little bit of insight into you know your background and your backstory as it relates to you know the farming aspect of uh, your business, but really transition that into hunting and wildlife management and how you got started and, you know, how everything, you know, began for you, uh, early on. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I'm fourth generation farmer. Uh, we've been here and my family has in this area of Kansas for, uh, about, a, gosh, I'd say, I think it's 120 years or so, 130 years, long, long time. That's a but, long time. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's a, that's a long time. So, yeah, there's farming has been in my family for, for you know, over, a little over a century now. Um, and I, I just grew up on the farm. Uh, we run a cow-calf operation as well. Uh, far, farm a, a fairly sizable amount here in eastern Kansas. Um, you know, I, I, I was always, you know, it was always growing up. I was outside, you know, shooting my BB gun. Uh making my own little bow and arrows, uh, it, it just progressed and progressed and progressed. Um, uh, some family friends of mine were kind enough to take me hunting when I was, I think I was about 10, uh, on a turkey hunt. And then they, they offered to let me sit with them in a double wide tree stand when I was, I'd say about 11. Um, and, and man, it was just, it was amazing. It was that I'd always, you know, if it was rain, snow, wind, sun, didn't matter. I was outside playing outside. Uh, you know, didn't matter what it was doing. Um, but usually, usually typically I was shooting something. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I agree. It's yeah. so funny. I grew up very similar, uh, and my best friend, Billy, you know, we grew up down in, in central Florida and a lot of people don't think of Florida as, as cattle country, but you know, we both oh, grew yeah. up on big cattle ranches, beef cattle Very operations so. and same thing man we grew up you know 
chasing hogs and hunting gators and catching gators and and uh you know working cows and it was just a great way to grow up and always doing something outside and out in the morning and back at night and uh you know didn't have a care in the world so uh you know it's it's really cool though to see your family have the tradition and the legacy and continue it you know how billy and i grew up there was that legacy and a lot of history but a lot of families in florida have sold out and and moved away and so you know that generation of of you know cattle ranching unfortunately in the state of florida is is becoming very rare so uh it's it's really cool to see you you know continue that legacy with your family yeah it's 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 a deal man um you know i my my passion is more farming than it is for the cattle side of things but uh you know the ag market's down right now the just commodities market is down so diversification is really key yep um we have cut back on our cattle side of things uh and increased our farming side but yeah i mean it's you know and and so uh i guess it 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 just once i once i got to see wildlife up close you know i was i was hunting all the time i got my first bow when i was uh excuse me, 13. Um, I shot a, shot a, my first buck, uh, second deer, my first shot, my first deer when I was 12, my first with a rifle. And then my first buck ever with a bow when I was 13, I've shot one every year since. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's been, uh, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at in the position that I'm in. Um, I try not to take that for granted. Uh, it's, you know, a very unique scenario for certain. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, and then, then as, is it just, the love for the outdoors just built and built and built. And then I started to see, uh, you know, a, a small, I, my first little food plot, it was just a, a bushel of wheat that, that dad didn't end up using, uh, planting wheat one fall. And so I went out and, and uh raked up a little area about the size of two pickup trucks wide and and you know broadcasted it out and uh got a rain and and it was it was a total (laughs) failure i mean i planted it too much you know way late uh (laughs) you know put a little put my first little cheap walmart show camera on it and and a, a a pile of apples that I'd stuck in the freezer and froze. And man, it was the coolest thing. Absolutely. I had like 30, I had like 31 <laughs> pictures in three weeks, you know, and like two of them were of deer. Yeah. And, and I was just absolutely enthralled. Um, you know, and so I got to see, uh, really, uh, you know, the, the possibilities of, of management and how it would play into success. Well, you know, I mean, and that that's the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, I've sat on both sides, you know, of this scenario where, you know, you show up to a place and, and you hunt and there's, you know, that, that piece of what we, you know, we all do as hunters and love that aspect of it. But when you have the opportunity to, you know, manage a piece of property and so much of it is you learn by mistakes and trial and error. And you know, whether it's a small little piece or it's, it's a bigger, you know, piece of property, you know, like you have now you know, there's a lot of things that you learn from that. And, you know, there's a a sense of satisfaction. And that's what I'd love to dig into today is really, you know, talk about, you know, you know, not only the passion, you clearly have the passion and, you know, many people on the phone, you know, obviously love to hunt, but I'll take it to the level of managing a piece of property. But, you know, when you think about, you know, the habitat improvement, you know, what are some of the big misconceptions you think people have about, you know, habitat improvement and managing their own property? 
Right. So, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm going to back up just a touch and kind of touch on what you just said prior. Uh, you know, it's what you said. You really hit on something where we learn from mistakes. Uh, and, and that's kind of that's kind of one of my main goals from building whitetails is to curtail that that, you know, the the mistakes that other people might make um, and or, or will make. I mean, you know, if you're out there long enough, you're going to make mistakes. And and that's kind of one of my main goals to really cut that 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 learning curve down for guys so that they can achieve that success of a, of a top tier management program yep. uh, in a shorter time frame. Um, you know, it's going to it's going to end up being, uh, you know, raising their success rate uh with with you know deer turkey whatever it may be I, my my real passion is whitetails uh, um but I, I hunt pretty much everything so you know what you do for whitetails will help turkeys what you do for turkeys will help upland birds and, and it's true. just it's it's just really a uh, beautiful chain effect that you know there's just this whole benefit package from a complete management plan but uh so yeah um you know it's misconceptions man it, it, there's there's a lot there's a lot of crap out there um that you know everyone has an opinion and everyone also <laughs> has an armpit and i all stink at one time that's right uh you know so it's you got to be very careful about what you you know gathering information is not wrong it's a very healthy thing um and i encourage guys to read watch uh listen um, you know, I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know everything by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, but I'm very driven to learn and do the best that I can. And I, I encourage every, every land manager or person that's interested in pursuing their, uh, outdoor career on the more management side of things to, to come at it with an open mind. Um, everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn. Uh, so I would, you know, read, watch, listen, learn, look at the guys that have been doing it successfully for a long time. Um, you know, there's, there are some key individuals in the outdoor industries that have withstood the test of time that have shot, you know, good deer after good deer after good deer. And when I say good deer, I'm referring to mature deer. I mean, a three-year-old whitetail in my neck of the woods can score 160 inches. I mean, you know, so I'm going to, I'm more referring to the mature whitetail pursuit. Um, it, let me just right know. there on that. And I just, if you, that to me, I think is such a, a huge point because, you know, the industry, I think, gets caught up in, you know, uh, the inches that, you know, we, we all shoot or we judge by. And I think right. there's so there's so much pride in being able to manage a piece of property and a five year old deer on another piece of property might be 135, 140 inch deer. But yes. whether that deer is 135 inches or 150 inches, you know, in a different state, if, if they're a mature animal, they're hard to hunt and you have to grow right. that animal to help reach their potential. And so, you know, yeah, the fact that you mentioned that I think is, is very refreshing because I think, unfortunately, you know, the industry has moved to a different, you know, mm -hmm. direction and that's really not what it's all about. Listen, we all want to shoot the biggest deer we possibly can. Uh, no, that that's, you know, there's no doubt in that, but at the same time, let's be realistic and celebrate, you know, growing mature animals, no matter, you know, how many, how much bone they have on their head. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, 
uh, you know, guys will come and uh, come to me with a picture of a deer and they're like, Hey man, look at this. You know, I'm, I'm from Kansas, man. We kill some of the biggest yeah, white hills in the world. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, we're just in the geographical region for it. Um, you know, and it's, you know, there's a lot of other states that kill monster deer, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, the, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, there's big deer killed all over in the Midwest. Uh, but you know, guys will come and say, you know, man, look at my, look at my 180 inch deer. And you know, that's cool. But how old was he? You really, you, I mean, you want my respect, tell me that you killed this deer when he was five, six, seven, eight, dude, the older he gets, the more respect I'm going to have because it becomes a, a harder and more difficult, uh, pursuit of that animal. Um, you know, if a guy comes and tells me I killed a seven and a half year old buck, and you score 130 inches, man, my hat is completely off to you. You have made an achievement that is worth uh, recognition. Uh, and my total congratulations to the individual that can do that. With that said, I mean, you know, anyone who's getting the outdoor industry uh, or just, just the outdoors, I'm not going to say the outdoor industry. Uh, I'm not bashing anybody that, you know, shoots a two, three, four-year-old whitetail. Um, you know, if they're early on in their, their uh, hunting career, um, you know, it, it's all stepping stones. I didn't, I didn't get to where I'm at today by starting out shooting a six and a half year old giant. Uh, first year I killed Absolutely. a two and a half year old buck. You know, we, we've all been there and done that. I mean, yeah. that, that's how you yeah. learn. And but you know what it does though. And I think, listen, celebrate that too, when you're getting started. Cause when you do finally, you know, get a chance to shoot a mature animal, you know, that, you know, at whatever, you know, how big he is, you, you yeah. appreciate that animal even more. Um, when you have started, you know, in a place of, you know, shooting, a, you know, a, a two-year-old or three-year-old, and then you, you know, elevate, right. you know, the goal to shoot something more mature, no matter how big he is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, I'm talking from a strict management side yep. of things. You know, if you're, if you're in it for management and you're going at it from a manager's perspective and a manager goal, shoot for that higher age class. I mean, it brings a whole new deal. Uh, you know, if, if, if a guy can pass a 160 inch four year old man, that is a remarkable, uh, feat that he has achieved. You know, it takes, a, it takes a very dedicated hunter and a very dedicated individual to do that. Um, but you know, and, and there's always the risk of, you know, a neighbor might shoot him. Uh, he might die of, of, of during the winter. Um, there's a million different things that can happen to that deer. You know, but if you don't, tr if you don't try, you'll never know type deal. Well, and I think too, and if you think about the words conservation and management, you're, you're managing not just for one season and you're managing it for multiple seasons. And I think, like you said, if you have the ability to pass on a three and a four year old deer, what happens to them at five and six years old typically and that's the other part of it that i'd love to talk to you about is is the food and nutrition part of it with some decent genetics yeah. they blow up and sure. you know and it's amazing the difference between you know those couple of years and, and what that deer can do and so it just again if you're thinking about this from a management standpoint and that's really your goal beyond just the hunting piece of it is is that strategy between not only passing up younger deer which is part of that management strategy but also you know when we get to the the nutrition and food plot part of it um you mm -hmm. know that plays a significant role and it's a lot of work to do that but you know those two things together can have such a you know synergistic effect to get you to the point where you got a lot of bone on the head with a mature animal as well 
or at least they're going to yeah, reach their full potential. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I guess uh, to, to, to touch on your question about what are the misconceptions, you know, what I, something I think um, is so overlooked in a, in a habitat management plan is, and I'll tell guys, I tell guys this all the time. Uh, everyone focuses on the buck, you know, man, the inches on a, you know, on a head and, 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 you know, I've got this many bucks in my property. You can't have a correct age structure and a healthy herd without a healthy age structure and family of does on your property. I don't, does are so, in my opinion, for the mass majority under cared for and under, uh, thought about it's, it's, I, 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 that's just the number one thing that I push guys to, because if you can start with a healthy doe, you know, from, from an early age, preferably from a fawn, I mean, if, once she's born, if she has the proper minerals, the proper uh, nutrition, a, a full food program, uh, have you know safety, uh, water um, depends on where you're at. Water may not be an issue where I'm at. We've got running creeks, rivers. It's water's not an issue. But man, if you live, you know, maybe further south, Oklahoma, Texas, water is a big deal. Um, you know, 2018 was one of the driest years in record for our region in Kansas. Um, we still had water and I'm very thankful for that. But, um, you know, if, if, if guys, guys go out and they're like, yeah, I saw five does, but I didn't see any bucks. I'm like, man, you saw five does, yeah, five does. Yeah. If, 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 you know, if those does are carrying the fawns of your future and your hunting, uh, involvement in the outdoors, um, you know, if, if guys will sit there and they'll just, you know, mass scroll through trail camera pictures at with does, 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 oh man, I got a buck type deal. But man, be encouraged by the doe, uh, population on your farm. Uh, if you don't, if you have, M, uh, numbers that are out of balance, I encourage you to, to really look into balancing those numbers. Um, you know, and, and it's, I think that's a very, very yep. important thing because that next monster buck starts as a fetus, yep. um, you know, inside that doe. And if we give the does, the cares and the care and the tr- nutrition, uh, the full management program, uh, they're going to raise, you know, the next up and comer Booner, uh, Boone and Crockett, you know, maybe, maybe not that big, maybe 200 incher. Uh, you know, and that's, that, in my opinion, is really where it starts. Um, the, the next big deer starts at conception, starts at birth. Uh, you know, he's got a long time to get to where he's in, in mature, but, uh, I plan, I, you know, Lord willing, I'm hunting then too. And I get to see that. No, a- absolutely. And, uh, and I think that that is something that's often overlooked. And so, um, I'm glad you, you brought that point up. I want to remind everyone to visit spypoint.com forward slash 2020 to see all the products that are new this year and will be available from SpyPoint at your local retailers later this spring. And so, you know, you, so we talked about, you know, at age structure and, and letting these, you know, less mature animals, you know, get a few years older, what that does, the doe aspect of it and, and the health of, you know, the doe herd. But if you transition now into the nutrition or, or food plot part of it and mineral part of mm-hmm. it, what are your thoughts on that? And what are some of the things that you're doing, you know, on your property to, you know, really elevate that to its biggest potential? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I live, I live in ag country. Um, I live in grass country. We've got a real diverse, um, 
you know, just, just area and, and, uh, habitat region around us. Um, you know, we've got a lot of row crop. Uh, so the deer really have a lot of nutrition from, I'd say first of May on, uh, first of May until I would say, you know, November crops are coming out. There's still wheat in the ground and they've got nutrition there. But the number one thing that's lacking in my region, and I think I can safely say in a lot of regions in the United States, is that late season food. Um, you know, leave, have whether it's standing beans, uh, standing corn, um, a fall plot with your brassicas, your oats, everything else in it. Um, you know, and then and then that really uh, ties in very well with with uh, bedding. Uh, bedding cover, you know, timber stand improvement. We just did a, a release yesterday, the timber side of the building whitetails. Uh, the March video is going to be uh, very, very centered towards uh, native grasses, uh, switchgrass in particularly. That's I, I'm an absolute nerd when it comes to native grasses. Mm. Um, I just I absolutely geek out on it. I've been doing a bunch of testing for quite a few years on various varieties um, so that's, that's kind of a little teaser for the March video. Uh, the mineral side of things, man, you gotta have guys just guys put mineral out when they want, when they put trail cameras out in July, hoping to get the deer on picture. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they really have an idea, man, deer, deer are hitting my mineral sites right now. Yep. Uh, we're at the end of February, man, it's going to be six or 58 degrees today. The deer are pounding my mineral site already. So if you go from February to let's just say the first of July, we're talking several months in there where the deer may be lacking in mineral or easily available mineral uh, that you're going to totally miss out on. I mean, bucks are shedding antlers right now, um, you know, and everyone's excited about it. I love shed hunting just as much as anybody, uh, probably more so. I'm kind of <laughs> obsessed about it. But, uh, you know, and, and so deer, the boxer, they're growing, man. Yep. They're, they're starting to develop it's year round nutrition. It's year round yeah. nutrition, year, and, year round nutrition, you know, and there's, there's certain parts of the year and times of the year when they need, you know, different things, you know, yes. more energy, more carbohydrate, um, more protein, more mineral, yes. but at the same time. You know, it's just like you and I. I mean, we we need you know good nutrition year round if we want to be as healthy and, and reach our you know our max potential. And so yep. you know, I, I I agree. I think that's a very valid point. And listen, I've been guilty of that in the past too. And I think you know if there there's a lesson learned to take away on that piece uh, is just you know if you can't afford it, keep some level of mineral out for these deer year round. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I tell guys, abs base, start with mineral and build your way up from there. Uh, you know, and there's, there's a, I'm, I'm going to touch on mineral just very shortly. There is a lot of crap out there. Uh, just like information, in the outdoors, there's a lot of crap products out there. Um, you know, and make sure that, that what you're getting has, it has high levels of, of mineral, whether, you know, calcium and phosphorus, uh, zinc, you know, and all every all the micronutrients as well. Make sure that has make sure that you're not looking at something that has an extremely high sodium content. When I say high, there's a lot of products out there that are over ninety percent sodium, and that that is not what deer need is a level that high. You know, guys will guys will be like, man, I've got deer that are uh, really pounding my mineral sites, and I had a buck that he he was there for three minutes. He was there for three minutes because he had to work for three minutes long to get what he needed out of that mineral site. And there's, that's another topic that I get really fired up about <laughs> is don't, 
don't I got don't tell me that predators don't know that. But man, bobcats, coyotes, uh if you're up north could be wolves, out west could be bears. Uh they know I mean their entire survival is based around Absolutely. patterns of 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 deer and other prey species. If a doe's having to come to a mineral site two or three times a day and she's bringing her fawns in and say she's there for five minutes, that's 15 minutes that she is in one spot with her fawn that could be that next up-and-comer buck uh, that is that she is patternable by, you know, by predators. Yep. And, and guys, uh, you know, it's fun to pull a card and be like, man, I got, you know, 500, 5,000 pictures, however many you got compared to, depends on your deer density, obviously, but man, guys will just be conscious of that. Uh, you know, it's okay to get three or four pictures of one buck for just a short time frame because if you're using, you know, a high mineral, uh, just product, it's your mineral site and he doesn't, they don't have to spend a massive amount of time there and effort and energy trying to consume the minerals that they need then they're less less patternable by predators. They'll have a more consistent diet. Um, you know, it's it's just that's it's a great point, health. man. I mean, it's just it's yeah. lot it's simple logic, but you know what? It's one of those if you don't think about it, you don't you know put in perspective the ramifications yes. of you know just what you outlined of putting some of these deer at risk when you know there are predators out there, and yep. um, you know so that's a that's a great point. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, food plots, um, you know, sometimes I've seen, you know, managers, you know, have food plots everywhere. And I think it's a combination of providing enough nutrition based on your deer density, but at the same time, having hunting food plots, if you will, because if you have too much and you spread it out, then it makes it difficult, you know, from a hunting standpoint. So how do you manage both enough volume of food, but also strategic, you know, placement of food plots so you can hunt over them during certain times of the year? Yeah. So, so the main farm that we're doing, the building whitetails, uh, series on this for 2019 is, is, is my home farm. Um, I've got different farms scattered out that I farm that I hunt, uh, both, but the one, the building whitetails is on 80 acres. It's not, it's not, you know, 500 acres where, uh, you know, I've got this, this complete amazing, uh, Mecca for whitetails. Um, I'm, it, it's being built into that, but it's only 80 acres. I but mean, a lot of guys, that's what the, and, 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 you know, yeah. g- gals, you know, and hunters, it might be a small piece of property. So I'm glad yes. you, you know, you're mentioning the fact that, you know, it's not a massive piece of property right now. Yeah. And it doesn't lay the best, uh, uh, geographically wise. Um, you know, it's there. I wish I, if I could change it, that'd be great. You know, I wish the Creek didn't run the direction it did because the deer <laughs> follow it in a pattern I don't necessarily like, but, but that's what we've got. We have to work with what we're given. So, really how do we maximize that that potential and that opportunity and so yeah so on the food plot side of things i've got my destination plots um i've got i've got a cup i've got uh three acres of standing beans uh for my current deer density that's the correct acreage now i'm starting to attract deer from from further areas as my bedding areas improve and grow the switchgrass and timber side of things i'm being able to hold more deer so i anticipate having to grow my food sources um you know, so uh, with that said, I've got my 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 destination plot of my beans. I've got a destination plot of, of a fall green plot mix as well. But 
so what I'm trying to, what I'm doing on my specific 80 acres is I've got bedding area and then I've got a transition area over to the destination food. And the destination food is where they need to go and they need to eat and be comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Not where they go in and they're smelling, you know, human activity, yep. uh, you know, and that is so key and fundamental. So I'm, I am planning a clover plot. It's going to be in one of the coming episodes here just shortly where I'm halfway between the clover or sorry, excuse me, the bedding and the destination food. And uh, so, you know, I've got bucks that are getting to the destination food right at dark, maybe 20 minutes after dark. I know where they're coming from. As long as I've got a solid access route, uh, entrance and exit to this, I'm going to call it a kill plot. uh, That's going to be halfway between this interceptory plot. Uh, That's where I anticipate to catch these deer. So, yeah, you know, you want to have... I, I, you want to have clo- I, 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 I'm just going to tell you specifically on my farm, I, I'm uh, putting in a new clover plot to have early green up. Uh, I like to have the, the beans, which is an all summer high protein forage. I like the uh, fall blend um, uh, of greens that, that can provide, you know, nutrients well into the winter, as well as during the fall, the, the earlier fall mm-hmm. months, October, November, December, when, when uh, crops are coming out and food sources are being taken out in massive amounts. Um, you know, I want to have a, a balanced structure there. Um, you know, and, and the, the thing that I'll hit on in the, in the series is deer will tell you what they want to do. Just help them do it better than what they're doing right now. Uh, really accentuate. If they like a certain spot on your farm to bed, improve that bedding area. Yep. If they like, yep. if they, if they, you know, prefer to walk through a low spot, to get from point A to point B, give them some more cover in that low spot so they can transition better. The more comfortable the, that the deer will feel on your farm will immediately impact your success rate and it will go up. I can attest to that. No, and that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I mean, you, you hit on a couple of things that I think if you, you if for a minute, you keep it simple, it's, it's food, cover, and water. But I think the other X factor part of that is the human or people pressure. And, and yes. that's not just over hunting, but it's also, you know, the entrance and exit routes to get to that location that if, you know, you have to keep that in mind. Mine, especially on a smaller piece of property where you have you know deer around you all the time and you you so easy to bump something and you educate that mature animal then the likelihood of him staying there or you know moving to another location or just becoming nocturnal is high and so I'm glad you brought that point up and some and again I've been guilty of that in the past as you just kind of power through to get to that yep. stand you know you got the right wind but Getting to and out of there, you know, I have bumped so many deer and, you know, kicked myself in the butt of, you know, what, not thinking through that part of it. You do all that other work and you don't think through that and that can be such a deal breaker or that, you know, that one piece that allows you to seal the deal and, and finally get, you know, shot at that animal. Yeah, I planted a food plot a few years back. Uh, man, it was killer. I had deer showing up. Perfect. It was great. Um, I thought my access route was good, ended up hunting. The access route sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, the deer did, did what I totally did not expect. The cameras only show you what's right in front of the camera. They That's don't, right. you, know, you know, deer are going to do what deer are going to do. That's right. And that was an absolute flop. So, you know, 
I learned it didn't work, even though that is an ideal plot. And I know I can kill a buck there if I just stick it out. I'm going to scare every other deer for the entire rest of the season accessing that stand or that box blind, however it may be. Um, so really, you can construct a property around your access routes as well. Um, if you if you got an area where deer already like to go and you have a good access route, man, that's your money spot. Yep. Key in on that. Make that as good as you possibly can. And, and it, you're going to benefit from it. I can absolutely guarantee it. Um, you know, guys, guys just want to throw a stand up in a plot. But man, uh, as I said in the timber video, don't do something without a reason. Don't just be aimlessly cutting something, planning something. Uh, you know, spraying something out, whatever it may be. Uh, don't just do it to do it. If you really want to, I mean, if, if you want have to, a purpose. Go ahead, that's fine. You know, that's, that's your farm. That's your deal. But yeah. if you really want to, to attain that next level, uh, pursuit and step, have a, have a key reason and a very good backed up reason with, with, you know, why you're doing it, uh, in plan so that you can really, really, uh, key in on those key moments. And, and I tell guys, man, it to let, let, let trail cameras tell you when to hunt. And, and I won't, I don't talk a whole lot about cameras necessarily, but trail cameras are such a valuable tool. They will tell you when to hunt. If a buck's coming in two hours after dark every night, don't go hunt hunt where that camera's at. Unless you, you know, unless rut comes in and you've got, uh, you know, some hot does that might come in in a very close bedding area or proximity. If it's for, if it's middle of October or something, man, chances are he is not going to come in. Yep. So all you're going to do is, is, is put your scent out there. You may educate deer, uh, that, that, you know, otherwise might scare that, that mature buck off. So just make sure you got a reason and a really good game plan. Uh, you know, guys, I'm not a big sports guy, but guys go into sports, uh, you know, teams do, and they've always got a plan. They've got plays that they make. Uh, it's the same thing for the whitetail woods. You know, it's just you got to be very, very um, just, you know, focused on, on, on the pluses and the minuses and have a really solid plan from start to finish. No, a hundred percent agree. And, and, you know, let the Intel help you make some of these decisions and that Intel could be from a game camera. And listen, you know, the nice thing about some of the new cellular cameras is the fact that you don't have to go in and pull the card and, you know, create scent and potentially, you know, educate animals that are in that area. Um, and sometimes you can do it with a traditional game camera, slip in and slip out. But that's why I do love, you know, using cellular technology um, oh, so yeah. I don't have to go in there and it just pops up on my phone. But, you know, the other part of it is, you know, wind and weather conditions. And if the wind is not right, and I learned a long time ago, um, if the wind's not right, don't don't hunt, even though you know that, that animal's there. Um, yep. Just hunt when the conditions are good or when you have the intel knowing that he's now showing up in daylight hours. And Correct. so that's and all great that feedback. The next, I'm going to take that to the next step. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and from a different angle, you're, you're totally spot on. I mean, especially on a small property, man, you gotta be very careful about what you do, but do the same thing when you're checking game cameras. If you got us, if you got a wind that's blowing from your game camera straight to the bedding area, don't walk in and check your trail camera when the wind direction is blowing right to the bedding area. Come on, man. I want to see what's on that card. I got you. Right, right. You know, it's like, man, I'm so excited. But, but guys, you're shooting yourself right in the foot. Yeah. You got to, you know. Um, it's what, true. Maybe two days you get a wind switch. Wait two days. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that that's all very, 
very good points. So let me transition to your series. And I have yeah. to tell you, you know, I got a chance to watch, you know, the, the first series and video that you did. And it was really, really solid. And here's the thing that I like is you're, you're doing this for the love of it. You don't have an agenda. Um, you're not trying to, you know, sell property and you're not, you know, trying to do this based on, you know, other people's input. You're doing this based on what you love to do, trial and error, learning from mistakes, and really, you know, many years of experience. And so give everybody a little bit of sense of what they can expect from, you know, the Building Whitetails series, uh, you know, this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I tell guys, um, I'm not biased towards companies. I'm biased towards my deer herd. Uh, you know, that's my, my passion is my deer herd. It is the pursuit of, of mature whitetail deer and providing the key, uh, just all, the, a complete management plan for the whitetails on my farm, uh, and, and, and other farms as well. But yeah, uh, you know, um, I, I would say it's, that's a really good question. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of answers to that, but guys, um, I'm trying to think here. It's, gosh, that's a broad question. Let, let me ask you this: like, what, what, yeah. uh, what's the one thing that you're most excited about that when you you put this series together that that people yeah. will take away from it? And I think you may have already answered your question around which you're biased about your deer herd, and I think yeah. that says everything about really your series and what you're trying to accomplish. And it's not just another hunting show but it's there for a purpose and people are going to learn from it. And, you know, yeah. that's that, I think when you can do that, you're doing something good. Yeah. I want to, I want to help guys. I'm nobody, I'm no, I'm not some special, uh, you know, human being that's, that's, you know, got this crazy skill set or whatever. It's, you know, I've, I've learned a lot over the years from a lot of trial and error and I've had a lot of failures. I'll be the first one to tell you that. Um, so kind of touching back on what I said first, I really hope that I can help guys and gals, uh, you know, young, old, whether you're first starting out hunting, you've been hunting for 40 years. Um, I hope every, I hope, hope I can give insight, uh, to people that, that, you know, from, from all areas of the hunting industry, um, from start to finish, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know everything, but, and I'll admit that first, but what I do know, I really want people to learn. I'm very passionate about it. Um, you know, it's, I have seen, I have seen the direct results of, of, of complete management plan and, and just, it's a beautiful, amazing thing that just deer are doing what deer are meant to do. And, you know, it's, it's, I had a, I had a key in, in that, um, we've only got, you know, a set amount of time on earth. And we really, you know, one year delayed is one year of, of results taken off. That's yep. what I tell guys. Um, you know, and, and I really hope to connect with, with people, uh, on a very personal level that, uh, I hope that what I'm doing can, can teach other people on their forms. They can take something, uh, away and implement it. So, um, you know, I don't have a magic, a magic new formula or, or going to tell you that, you know, one, 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 this and two, that's going to change your life. Uh, it's, it's trial and error. Things deer are different in different areas. They might pound one food source over another food source. Um, you know, and so I really, really hope to connect with people and, uh, it, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just taking people along on, on what I do. 
and it's a beautiful journey. And the fact that you live there, so you live and breathe this every day. It's not like you yeah. go to your property, you know, on the weekend. And a lot of us do that, and that's okay. Right. But the fact yeah. that you you are there every single day, um, seeing what's happening, it gives you a unique perspective to visualize and and see the progress that you're making and share that with people. And I think that real time intimate um, part of what you do is I think, you know, the thing that people are going to be most interested in and appreciate, you know, with your series. So listen, brother, it has been a true honor um, to speak with you today about this. You've, you've shared a few things, you know, that I need to think differently about. And that's what this is all about is we're all learning and, and sharing. So um, I wish you the best of luck, um, you know, as you get ready for the spring and uh, as we get into the summer and the fall months. And I know we'll be talking more, but uh, your series is, I think, spot on, man. And I, I know people are going to love it. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate that, Brian. I appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. Keep up the good fight. Hopefully we can help people out along the way. And uh, that's what it's all about. Absolutely, my friend. You be good. Hey, take care, man. Hey, everyone. Go check out all the cameras and new products for 2020 at spypoint.com and keep up with the latest insights from SpyPoint on Instagram and Facebook.